welcome to a special episode of Cool Breeze Over the Mountains. God, it feels good to say that again. It has been a minute, hasn't it? In this episode, I got to sit down with Chris Barsanti, author of What Would Keanu Do? A book you've no doubt seen me tweeting about over the past few days. We talk a lot about the process of writing the book, some of his favorite stories, and then just general Keanu coolness. Chris knows his stuff. You should listen specifically for my final question where I ask him what Keanu character that hasn't gotten a sequel should. It's kind of a mind-blowing idea that Chris has. I think you'll all really enjoy it. We also received some special promotional copies of the book that I'm working on, like a contest to get out to all of you. So be on the lookout for that. We might just run like another cool thing where it's like retweet this episode, retweet Chris, do something like that. Just overall really cool promotion all around. Spreading the Keanu love. God, it's been so long and a lot has ch- The world is very different from when we left. <laughs> in September. So as always, you can visit coolbreezepod.com to access our episodes, but that will toss you over to our brand new network, 12and24.com. That's the numerals 12and24.com. That's where all of our shows are going to live moving forward, including the Kurt Locker, which, assuming I can get the timing lined up, we should be launching next week. Uh, So you could spend your Thanksgiving with us if you're in America. It'll be safe and socially distant and all on the up and up, as it were. Beyond that, we also have a merch store for shirts, hoodies. I think we have hats, maybe? Uh, Coffee cups, stickers. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. If you were looking for merch for Keanu, you can definitely find it at our store. Go get something cool, tell your friends to do that, uh, all that good stuff. And finally, the big one, we have a Discord right now. So you might be asking, what the hell is a Discord? Why should I get that? Well, at its base level, it is essentially like a chat room, like maybe remember AOL chat rooms. It's like that, but we control it. So we can create cool channels. For instance, I'm looking at it right now. We have a channel for Cool Breeze. We have a channel for Kurt Locker. We have some announcements. And this is also where we record the show. So it's not uncommon to talk directly to me, Whitney, Ev, anybody who is involved in the show is in this Discord. Some of our listeners have already signed up. So we have Claire is here, Jody is here, James is here. So come on in and and join, join the party. If you want to, you can go to 12and24.com slash discord to join the server. That's it for the announcements. I know you're excited to hear from Chris, so let's get right to it. Be excellent to each other. Party on. Chris, <laughs> let me just open by saying it is nice to meet a fellow creative person who has also invested hundreds of hours researching and thinking about Keanu Reeves. So thank you <laughs> for taking the time to chat today. Well, hey, Andrew, thanks for uh, having me on. I also appreciate uh, this opportunity. Uh, do, do you have a name for people like us? You know, for better or worse, we never came up with a name, but maybe just regular old human beings because who isn't a fan of this guy really when you think well, about it i agree and if if i you know i haven't had to do this yet but if someone just came up and said you know i just don't like that keanu reeves 
I'm not going to say it'd be a throwdown moment because, you know, I'm a film critic, we don't really <laughs> do that. But first of all, I would be judging them in my mind. And secondly, I would just want to ask, do you not like, do you not like humor? Do you not like grace under pressure? Do you not just like overall awesomeness? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm being sarcastic, but not really, because there is something about what Keanu Reeves brings to the screen that is fundamentally a big part of what we go to the movies for, I think. He is a movie star, and if, you know, if that's not something that's not a thing someone vibes with, you can't really explain it, you know? Absolutely. I have some questions specifically about like his, his quality, mm-hmm. like the, the quality of his, of him as a person, then also as an actor. So I'm, I'm happy you, you, we kind of seeded that early here. Yeah. I want to talk just a little bit about your book, which is incredible. And the reason why we are both here right now, yeah. I got the book a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I finished it in a single sitting. <laughs> I thought it was Super well paced, well written. The stories, the ideas, all of it is is like very engaging. Obviously, I am the target demographic for this, <laughs> as are my co-hosts, right? right. I, I also really quickly just want to take a moment to thank Emily McBride and Media Labs Books for not only sending those uh, the promotional copies, but also like hooking this up. I, I was, yeah. I was like, I wonder if we could talk to Chris. That might be cool. And they were like, Let's see what we could do about it. And I'm like, right. Here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so glad you liked it. That's great to hear because, you know, uh, like I said, you're the target demo. So if you didn't like it, that would be a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> I learned things. I liked it a lot. It, you know, it's all good. Yeah. So, so you said, you, that, that's, sorry, sorry to cut in, but like, so you said you learned something about, about Keanu, but if you, that, that makes me feel great because you're kind of the expert here. <laughs> Our journey has been we watched and reviewed the films like chronologically, mm-hmm. which was right. as I'm sure you're aware, <laughs> quite a, quite a roller coaster. Quite a journey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes it's an excellent adventure. Sometimes it's a bogus journey. Nicely done by the way. And sometimes it's chain reaction. <laughs> right. So sometimes, deep. sometimes <laughs> as someone who has obviously spent a lot of time thinking about this, what was like the Genesis for this book? Our listeners have heard like me talk about, I started this back in January 2019, and it was kind of on a lark, but it was just like in this moment that a lot of people had called like the keanu right? I'm sure you've heard mm-hmm. that. Yes. Um, was, was there a single moment for you, or was this something you had kind of kicking around for a while? Well, I'm going to give you a really lame story here, because I'm embarrassed to say it, but this was not my idea. <laughs> this was... Literally, the idea of the good people at a media lab. So, wow, okay. Yes, all credit goes to them. I wish I could take credit for it, but I cannot. They had the idea, the concept, the design, and they were familiar with my, with my work, and they reached out to me. You know, just as a film writer, they thought who would appreciate, uh, could speak to the Keanu Sans. Um, and yeah, that was basically it. So they reached out to me, like I said, and then you know, we talked about it, kind of batted the idea around. They were very clear about what their concept was. And I loved it from the beginning. It really, you know, it felt like the right time. And then, you know, there was almost like an audition 
you know, to a degree, because then Interesting. It, it, the next stage was like, well, let me, let me write, you know, let me go write a chapter. That's really cool. I, you know, so is it safe to assume they had the bones of what they were trying to convey here? Like, yes, yes they did. Th- this kind of leads into one of my next questions where the, we have this kind of really unique structure for this book where it's like a character critique or, or a, a brief overview mm-hmm. of the movie, then real life quotes and anecdotes. And then we have these very funny, like Bible-esque excerpts that, that are crafted. How much of that was your input versus what existed? They we, we kind of worked on it in tandem. Um, my primary uh, what they really needed me for was the chapters on the indiv- on the individual movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other material they were kind of putting together on their own as a as a team. And again, it kind of worked in tandem. But they really needed somebody who could kind of do the deep dive, you know, and just say. You know, I'm going to take these. I'm going to, I'm going to take twelve piano movies, and I'm going to find that one moment, that one line in each movie that deserves yeah. more reflection. That really is something that's worth digging into. So that's so. Yeah, again, it was it was really a team effort. Like I said, so it's really those chapters where it's like, let's look at you know the Matrix. You know, um, you know, which is of course in some ways the most difficult one, right? Because it's been so studied, it's been so analyzed. Yeah. yeah. And find what's you know what's the nugget of that movie? What's what's the Keanu nugget in that movie that he really brings to it <laughs> besides just you know general coolness? You know, but how does he make that? How does he elevate that movie beyond a cool action movie? Yeah. You know, because not to digress here, because I don't think the Matrix. Yes, you could put someone else in that role, and it's going to be a perfectly cool idea. It's not going to be the same though, without him. Exactly. So, so anyway, that's kind of what they brought me in for. And then, so like my audition chapter, I chose uh, John Wick as the first one to write. Perfect. And yes, and I, I you know, I had actually. I hadn't seen it for a while, so I went back, checked it out again, and you know, I was really fascinated by his character. And like I say, I say in the book, people got, kept asking him, you know, are you back? You know, when they start seeing him around with the guns and going after his yeah. enemies. And I was really thinking about it. Well, and his kind of he almost didn't seem to understand the question to a degree, because he's just like, Well, I've always been here. <laughs> right. You know. Right. I mean, like, you know, I'm still the same guy. You know, once he takes the sledgehammer or the pick, whatever, to the basement and digs up all his weaponry, it's not like he has to retrain himself. He knows what he's doing. It's getting back on a bike. Yeah. Right. You know, so anyway, so that's what I explored um, in that chapter. And they liked how that went. And then the next thing we had to come up with our list of what are the movies that's going to that's gonna be the skeleton of this book that we're going to build around. <laughs> that's such a that's uh that's a really interesting kind yeah. of approach there. I love that John Wick was was the guy yeah. also. I uh, I believe our listeners are really going to love that too. <laughs> he's cuz he's not again this he, he's not an automaton, right? He's not your standard action hero um in any way. Yeah. I think he has a he has a character and a personality that's not based solely on his being a badass or his having you know, that a kind of a quip 
in certain lines. It is just that spirituality is the wrong word to bring to it, but just that aura that he that he brings in and his real reluctance to get back into the the violent nature of his past. Yeah, which is a lot of a lot of action movies nod to that. Yeah. Like the character, oh, he does he doesn't want to go back, but look at the villain, look at what they're doing to him. But it doesn't always feel very real. You know what I mean? But I feel like in John Wick, you his reluctance is palpable. Like he would really rather just be hanging around, you know, with his dog. <laughs> yeah. You know, you bring up something interesting. My my co-host Whitney, she really champions this idea that in a lot of Keanu's best roles, and specifically even in ones where he's not really speaking a lot, which John Wick certainly falls into, mm-hmm. he he has this very clear inner dialogue at play, and and that's really re- it's it's something that you see. He really gets the characters at a at a at a fundamental level, I think, and John Wick is a great example of that. He is. I mean, Keanu is really. For all he gets made fun of for being this kind of blank surfer doofus, you know, he he, he is a, he is a full actor. I mean, he is he is very present in every scene. One scene I keep going back to. I don't know if you guys have covered this yet, but you know the movie uh, Thumbsucker. Oh yeah, absolutely! What a great role! Right. Great role! <laughs> great role! Amazing role! In some ways, the ultimate. Keanu role, you could say. <laughs> you couldn't think I of mean, anyone else. <laughs> no. Well, and I think, I'm sure you guys have gone over this, but that's really where the mythology of Keanu becomes apparent, right? That's the first, in my mind, character who's very self-consciously a Keanu character. And he's kind of playing with it a little bit, but that scene, where, the scene where he's giving advice to the main character in the dentist office. Yeah. There's something about just the quality of his face, how, how deeply he's thinking about everything that's being said to him. Um, it's, it's not all in the words. It's just in his face. And he's really, he has this connection with the main character there that's just palpable, I think. But yes, it's a lot of it's about his presence and about all the thinking that's going on, you know, behind the face. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny you mentioned a lot of people think that he is like this kind of blank slate in mm-hmm. or a doofus or, you know, whatever you want to call it, based off of these roles that he had decades ago, essentially, these preconceived notions we still have about him. The One of the most yeah. interesting things when I was reading through your book is it's peppered with these really great quotes, some of them from the movies, some of them from Keanu himself. Mm-hmm. And if you remove the attribution you would be hard pressed to tell the difference between something Keanu said in real life and a written line of dialogue. Yes. I think that's true. Has he been a sage this entire time and it took us this long to kind of catch up with him? (laughs) Um, Well, it's actually a very good point. And I think that honestly, I don't, don't know the answer, but what I would imagine is that, He's someone who had such a, you know, it, he wasn't an instant star, right? But he yeah. became famous and well-known pretty early on. So my guess is that because he had such a specific personality, writers and filmmakers very quickly retooled to fit his voice. I would imagine there are before and after 
Keanu screenplays. You know, hmm. there are screenplays that where they're just looking at like this doesn't sound like Keanu, right? Yeah, and I just you know where I haven't gone done this, but I'm sure there's movies we can think of where someone else was originally planned to be in that role. And, you know, I can't say, but maybe it was done in the writing. Maybe while they were filming, they changed things because it didn't sound right. But I think the two have, you know, to some degree have merged. And in some ways, that's why he is so successful, you know, as a performer. Because not that he isn't performing, but when he is performing and doing all these different characters, he is drawing on something that is incredibly authentic and very central to who he is. I think. Yeah. I I think we see that more and more. Well, it may have always been there, but certainly more and more we're seeing him gravitate towards roles of a, of a certain type, uh, not necessarily in the same genre, even just characters of a certain milieu who it's like, Oh, of course he would play (laughs) this guy. (laughs) Like it works so well for the legend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, imagine, like, think of a movie like um, The Bad Bunch. Yes. It, right. I mean, that that seems that's almost that almost that is like a caricature. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'd be I'd be almost disappointed if the screenplay just didn't said insert Keanu here. You know. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, you're, you're, I think you're absolutely right. He does all different kinds of movies. Like, he could be in another rom-com, maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe he, he could do a musical someday. Who knows? Um, and no matter how different it is, it would still feel Keanu at all times, I think. Yeah. He, yeah, he makes it his own, which is really, really nice. Right. I want to ask you about some of the real-life Keanu stuff. So you have filled this book with these great, and uh, I want to make sure that I, I get it pronounced the way that you have written it, uh, key anecdotes. Does that sound about right? It sure does. And I've never said it or heard it said out loud. So <laughs> you may be the first person. Perfect. So now I've solidified now that it. Is how it is said. So congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. These are essentially real stories of of Keanu being excellent to other people. Yes. Was there one that you found particularly special or endearing, or maybe one that you were like it couldn't make the final cut for whatever reason of the, of the book, but you really liked? Uh, the one I, my kind of my favorite one, and it's actually in the book, and it may not seem that remarkable, but for some reason it just kind of stuck with me. I love the one about him going to you know, the rap party for his own movie. So, you know, he shows up, the bouncer doesn't recognize him and he doesn't do the Hollywood thing. He's just like, all right, he just goes in line and he waits with all the, all the everyday people. And he's in line for like 20 minutes before he gets into his own party. And again, that may not seem remarkable. And I'm not saying it is remarkable, but I think it is telling. I mean, the, I mean, nobody, everyone hates waiting in line. And the, the number of us who would draw on every last gram of celebrity to not have to wait in the line. Yeah. You know, we, we wouldn't even think of it as being jerky. We would just be like, well, it's my party. Why shouldn't I? <laughs> right. Get it's for first? me. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the vast majority of us would not do that. 
And so I think, in my mind, so I think the fact that it is so unusual and unexpected is what really made it stand out to me. It just it's a very just kind of, you know, just uh, you know, kind of a, a bro moment, you know, for lack of a better. <laughs> totally. Being a being a bro, just kind of like, all right, I'm in line. That's it. That's it. I'll say the um, I won't I won't spoil it. Uh, what happens? But the one that I had never read before was the one about his encounter with Octavia Spencer. And I was like, holy, what the <laughs> hell? Like, really? <laughs> if anyone is listening to it is currently Googling that. Please yeah. do so. You will be, you will be rewarded. <laughs> it's, a, it's a phenomenal story. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. Just like yeah. uh, good guy Keanu strikes again. It's, yeah. like, it's, exactly. it's perfect. It's perfect. Can't be, you can't be stopped. <laughs> right, right. So every time we have had a guest on the, on the show, the listeners absolutely demand this to get a baseline for, for you, for the guests, which is fine. Right. Uh, let me tee this up in the way that's pretty early in the book. There's a section that's called favorites are overrated, which once you read that and then you go back and listen to or read a Keanu interview, it's one of those things where like, I'll never not see it now. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> but I'm going to phrase this in a way that Keanu might like. So I'm going to ask Chris today, what would you say your top three Keanu movies are? So with the proviso that I'm going to have a different answer for five minutes from now. Absolutely. That, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just okay, in the I moment. You're living in the moment just like Keanu <laughs> does. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, so many to choose from. All right. So I don't know how popular this will be, but just the movies that are my favorites mm -hmm. and that if I was just going to sit down, these are the ones I want to watch right now. I'm going to go mm -hmm. Scanner Darkly. Oh, okay. My Own Private Idaho. Nice. And I don't, I don't know if this will be considered controversial. It's not really a Keanu movie, but it is in the book, so I say it is. Dangerously Liaisons. There you go. Hey, it was part of our rewatch. He was credited, had a, had a, not a sub, you know, not a huge role, but a substantial one. So I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. And you know what? It, you're right. It is not substantial, but it is crucial at the end. And I think, again, to make an argument for it, and just as an aside, I think most people should rewatch Dangerous Liaisons every year or two because I think it rewards it. But um, at having him come in at the end, just his, the contrast of his just completely puppy-like innocence next to John Malkovich is just what makes, what ties that whole thing together, I think. Yeah. Point. So, yeah. That's, that, what a fascinating top three. You, you know, you talk to any fan of Keanu, again, I just like to call them human beings, but any fan of Keanu, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to get three different movies from everyone because he's done such a wide range of, of genre and character. It's really cool. Right. It's really cool. It is. And someone's out there yelling at, at, the, at, the, at the computer right now saying, walk in the clouds, walk in the clouds. <laughs> exactly. You, you're not wrong. There are people who have written in with a strong defense against why a walk in the clouds is in their top one, two, three, five, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I received this book and I was like, 
I was like, this name seems so familiar to me. And I walk over to my uh, <laughs> bookshelf and I'm like, oh my God, I have filmology. <laughs> so uh, I was like, awesome. that's, yeah, I was like, great. I already have a frame of reference. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. That was my first book. It's it's wonderful. I have not made my way through all of the films yet, but uh, I would love to do the 365, just sit down and watch these. Uh <laughs> Maybe, you know, we'll see how 2021 kicks off. We'll see. Well, uh, just, just as, as an aside, uh, fun fact about that book, same person who I pitched that book to a publisher and they, yeah. they agreed to publish it. The same person at that publisher who, who gave me the okay is the one who came to me with the idea for this book. Oh, that's cool. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great minds. <laughs> So your knowledge of film extends far beyond, obviously, just the specialty of Keanu. Can you think mm -hmm. of, like, off the top of your head, any, any actor with, like, this range, like, this body of work that encompasses so many genres? You know, it's, it's, we had a tough time coming up with anyone else mm -hmm. to, to do that for. Yeah, it's really hard to say because... For some reason, and maybe this could just be because of my being a Gen Xer and when, you know, the kind of movies this actor was in that I'm going to say reminds me of Keanu's career to some degree. For some reason, I'm thinking Johnny Depp. Okay. Because okay. I feel like he's done this wide gamut of styles while having a very strong personality at the same time. And yet... He's so different. His persona is almost like the dark mirror of Keanu. Interesting. Okay. In some ways. So, but I don't know if that's necessarily the greatest answer because I don't think that uh, he's got range, but maybe not that much. The real answer I want to give here, maybe uh, thinking about it, I'm going to go with Christopher Walken. Whoa. And okay. So, and maybe it's not a great argument because, again, where we started, Keanu's a movie star. Walken, yeah. we all love him. He's, he's an immortal, obviously. <laughs> but he is, he, of course, right? He, he is. He has he to is be. Who he is. Right. And he's, he makes every movie better for it. But he is fundamentally a character actor. Yeah. Right. But he has, he and Keanu share, and he's been in everything, right? He's been in like the Prophecy 2 and hairspray, so all over the place, which is about as big a range as Keanu. I guess, what yeah. Share, what they both share, I would say, is an ability to weather any bad movie. Keanu could be in 20 bad movies for the rest of his career, yeah. and he might, and it won't matter. Doesn't, yeah. Same thing with Walken. It doesn't matter. I think both... Keanu and Walken are kind of bulletproof in that way. <laughs> it's great. Right? It's yeah. I mean, we, that's certainly our experience of Keanu's career <laughs> where it's like, how did this not tank him? I have no idea. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not necessarily excited for John Wick for, you know, I don't know. Have they, has it, have they run out of ideas possibly? Right. Based on John Wick 3, but am I going to see it? Yeah, 
I'm going to go. Yeah, As long as they keep making these movies, I am showing up on day one. <laughs> Undeniably. We're running low on time, so I have two more questions for you. The one is in this same vein. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a, a Keanu movie that people have uh, overly disparaged or potentially overlooked that's worth a revisit in your eyes? I could say, just as an example for us, Going into this podcast, people were like, oh, man, can't wait for you to get to The Watcher, the worst movie ever. And for us, he has done movies that are far worse than The Watcher by a long shot. So do you have maybe one? I agree. Yeah. Well, this, yes. I'm not going to say The Watcher because that it's that's a perf- it's not a great movie. That's a perfectly generic yeah. movie. You know, I've. Worst movies get made by the dozen every year. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, the one I'm going to go with is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow. Okay. Rocked a lot, but yeah. I revisited that when I was reading this, when I was researching this book, and that is an overlooked camp classic. I mean, I had forgotten how just gonzo that movie is. I mean, <laughs> it does not. It is laughable in many ways, but so enjoyable. I mean, Coppola went for it with such gut, with, with such gusto in that movie. And Keanu was along for the ride and, you know, it's got Tom Waits eating bugs and, you know, it's... <laughs> right, it's, awesome. it's got everything. So, yeah. <laughs> it does. Great. All right, I have, I have one more for you um, and then, I'll, uh, then we can get you out of here real quick. So... We have been getting a ton of, of great sequels to Keanu movies recently. So we have Bill and Ted Face the Music. We just recently learned The Matrix 4 has, has wrapped mm-hmm. principal f- production. Uh, like you said, we have more John Wick films on the way. Uh, and a, potentially like a rumored sequel to Constantine. Uh, are there any <laughs> other Keanu characters that you love that you think like this guy deserves another shot? Um, there's many, but I'm going to go back to my top three and I'm going to say, I want to see my own private Idaho too, oh. because let's, you know, his, since, you know, Gus Van Zandt basing his character on Henry from the Shakespeare plays, Henry part one and, uh, Henry the fourth part one and two. Yeah. But he kind of, he kind of leaves off before he really gets into Henry the fifth. So at the end of my own private Idaho, you know, he's left the street. He's now got all the money. He's the the son of the mayor of the city. You know, he's not a street hustler anymore. He's got all the money and the clothes. He's the king, right? So I want to see a sequel in which there's a battle of Agincourt. But, you know, the Portland version. Interesting. That What a concept, actually. Huh. That, I mean, let's, let's not forget. I mean, Keanu did Hamlet on stage in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Sure, it was Winnipeg, but anyway, (laughs) uh, this will probably not happen. But you know, Gus Van Zandt, he's his own guy. You, you, I would never put anything past him. So, my own private Idaho too. You know, and it's just all about, uh, you know, uh, more more Keanu only as a rich and powerful, you know, uh, king of Portland. I like that idea. That's uh, not what I would have expected, but uh, you threw me for a loop, and I like it, and I like it. I'm glad. 
Chris, thank you so much for taking the time here. Can you tell everybody where they can find you, your book, your other your other written works on online, offline, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, I just go to chrisbersani.net. That's got all the all the writings on all the books, all the articles, whatever things I've been putting on the blog recently, um, or that just you know Google my name and see what comes up. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been awesome. The book is What Would Keanu Do? If you are listening to this, you are the demographic. If you liked anything that myself, Whitney, Evan, Eric, Lindsay, and the rest of the hosts have had to say, you will absolutely love this book. The holidays are coming up. It's a no-brainer to buy it for yourself, buy it for friends, keep it on the coffee table, open to a random page, and enjoy like a wonderful, wonderful Keanu story. I also can highly recommend uh, Chris's book, Filmology. It covers a much broader range of, of movies, but it's definitely a way to expand your movie-going horizon, so to speak. So I definitely, definitely recommend that too. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time. And honestly, uh, I can't wait for everyone to, to get their hands on this. It's definitely a really, really special thing. Thank you, Andrew. This is great. I really appreciate it.